Good morning. My name is Alex, and I'm the lead pastor here at Corrade, and I want to add my word of welcome to what Allison said at the beginning. If you're here for the first time, maybe you've been visiting with us for a few weeks, we hope that you will feel the warm glow of hospitality that emanates from us. Is that a little overblown, maybe? Yeah. Today, you've already heard, is a little bit of an unusual Sunday because we have our annual meeting right afterwards, so we won't be able to greet you in the way we normally would like to, especially if you're not sticking around for the annual meeting. But we're glad you're here, that's for sure. We're going to read from the Gospel according to Luke this morning, but first, let's take a moment to pray together. Holy Spirit, would you come among us this morning and open our eyes to who you are and to your salvation? Help us to see Jesus. That's what you do. You point us to him. Help us to see Jesus today like we've never seen him before. Bring your gospel home to us because we need it like nothing else. Give us your freedom and your hope, we pray. Amen. So we're reading from Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. So today today we're starting a new series on Christian hospitality, and for five weeks we're going to look at this topic. We're going to be asking ourselves how we can take our cue from Jesus, who, as we just read, came to seek and to save the lost, and how we can welcome people into our lives and into our church. I'm excited about this series for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that we have some great teachers coming to share their wisdom with us. On March 17th, Mike Mike Wasilek, who works for the Presbytery with young adults, emerging generations, is coming to speak on hospitality uh, for younger adults and what it looks like in a cultural shift that we see going on. On March 24th, Roland DeVries, who is on faculty at Presbyterian College at McGill, is going to be here to share with us about how we learn to be hospitable by being a guest rather than a host, right? We, I think many of us are more comfortable being the host, being in charge, but how can we learn how to extend a welcome to someone as Jesus does 
by being a guest. Because often, Jesus was a guest. We see that over and over again in the Gospels. Now, Roland's here that weekend, March 23rd and 24th, for the missional imagination course that some of us at Courtright have been doing since the fall. And if you're interested in this topic generally, and specifically how the church can be more faithful in its response to God's call to welcome people, I invite you to come out and join us on March 23rd for this one-day conference that's taking place at St. Andrews in Fergus, where we'll be hearing from some amazing leaders who are rethinking church, who are planting new churches, and who are passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's 20 bucks for the day, including lunch. You won't find a better deal than that. And we can arrange for a ride if you need a ride. So talk to me after the service. Talk to Allison. If you know Diane Boyd, you can register directly with her. You can't probably read it, but you probably can't read much of that, actually. But Diane's email address is at the bottom there. Um, so we'd love to have you come along that day. As we consider, too, at Courtright, how we can be more and more church that is open to people who may not ever think of showing up here on a Sunday morning. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. We should really start at the beginning. What is hospitality anyway? Let's do some word association. When I say the word hospitality, what do you think of? What, what comes to mind immediately for you? I say hospitality, you think? Whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> Normally I have to like tease it out of you, but uh, I heard friendliness, food, food. Yeah, we're not serving lunch today. <laughs> just, just get that out there. What else? Anything else? Hosp- I say hospitality. You think of a hospital, welcoming, hotel. I didn't hear that. Someone said Nathan. Invitation, okay. Who's Nathan, I was thinking? (laughs) A hospitable guy, apparently, yeah. So obviously, invitation is part of what happens if we're going to receive hospitality. What else comes to mind? Home. Yeah, being at home. Being comfortable. Being among people we know. So we've, we've, one last one. Laughter. Yeah. Yeah, we laugh. Again, when we're comfortable, don't we? Welcome is at the very heart of hospitality. No question. One way we can reflect on what hospitality is to remember back to a time when we were new somewhere. We've all had that experience, right? We've all been new on the job. Maybe some of you recently started a job. We've all been new at school, starting a new course, going to a new school or college or university that first day. It's lonely when you're the new person, the outsider, the person who doesn't fit in. In Luke 19, Jesus notices someone on the outside and welcomes him in. It's the hospitality all of us need, and it's the hope of Christian faith. That God accepts us and invites us to get close to him in all his goodness and his peace. That he restores what was lost and broken. That he forgives us. That he comes into our house and makes it new again. And so, as we heard in the story, salvation comes to us, even us, also. 
There's a particular Greek word you find in the New Testament, not in this passage, but in some of the passages we'll be looking at in the coming weeks, that means hospitality. And that word is philoxenos. Say that with me, because it's so fun. Yeah, I worked that into a conversation this week, and I don't know what I'll give you. Rewards in heaven, probably. Philos is the word, Greek word for love. It's one word for love, as in philosophy, right? Philosophy, which means the love of wisdom. And xenos means stranger, from which we get our word xenophobia, which means fear of the stranger. So literally, philoxenos combines this word philos, love, and this word xenos, stranger. So it means love of the stranger. So to be hospitable in a Christian way, according to the Bible, to the New Testament in particular, is to love the one who is a stranger. Now, I think sometimes we're tempted to think of hospitality as having friends over for dinner. Entertaining, we might call it. Some of you know the name Martha Stewart. Is she still around? She was in jail for a while, I know. I think, I think she made a comeback, but... This idea of hospitality is perfection, right? Everything has to be laid out just right. The food has to be perfect. The atmosphere has to be just as Martha Stewart thought it should be. And these days, someone said hotel. These days we have a whole hospitality industry. When we travel, our needs are met by the staff of hotels, by the people who work in restaurants, in return for payment. We give them our money. Now, these aren't natural relationships. They're functional, they're professional, and there's a distance involved, always. Your hotel concierge is not going to invite you home to meet his family. And if he did, you might be alarmed. But Christian hospitality is different. It's about getting close. It's not always comfortable, and it should extend beyond beyond the immediate circle of our friends and our family, to strangers and outsiders. The cost of Christian hospitality is at the core of its meaning. So philoxenox is a way of life for us. It's rooted in scripture, and we take our cue always from Jesus. But let's be clear that God calls us, every one of us, to practice hospitality. So I want us to look at three parts of this story we've read today in Luke 19. First of all, the tree, then the conversation, and finally the house. The tree which represents the distance that we find ourselves at from God. The conversation, this exchange between Jesus and Zacchaeus, which is really Jesus reaching out to him. And the house where we see the effect of the gospel the transformation that comes as we welcome Jesus in gladly. So first of all, we learn that Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector in Jericho and that he was rich. And we notice that the crowd wasn't letting him see Jesus. He had taken their money. He had cheated them. For them, he was this oppressive presence even though he too was a Jew. So they turned their backs on him, and they wouldn't let him through. Zacchaeus, I'm sure, was a lonely man. He kept his distance from the people of Jericho, 
And I'm willing to bet that he wasn't happy. Who among us is happy when we find ourselves always at a distance from the people we live with, work with, from our neighbors? On the surface of things, Zacchaeus was doing well. But on the inside, he was deeply unsatisfied. And so when he heard about this guy, Jesus, who was going around healing people, forgiving them, changing their lives, he was curious. And I think even more, at some level, this news about Jesus awakened in Zacchaeus a longing for something more, something better, something truer, deeper, bigger than what he had settled for in his life. So he runs up ahead and he climbs this sycamore fig tree to get a better look. He takes the initiative, and he seems eager. But I think Zacchaeus was also quite content to be up that tree, to be at a distance from Jesus. We're like that too, aren't we? So I would ask you, how right now in your life are you avoiding Jesus the way we see Zacchaeus doing it here? How are you hiding from God in a way? Maybe you want a glimpse of Jesus, but nothing too direct, nothing too personal, nothing too demanding. I think a lot of us are comfortable with our lives. Maybe our lives are unhappy. Maybe our lives are just what they are. And we're busy and we're familiar with what we've got going on. And when something is familiar to us, we get used to it and our tendency is to not want to leave it. We want to stay there, even if it is not enough, even if we too feel this longing for something more and better. We're up that tree also, and we don't want to come down. But God always surprises us. God always takes the initiative, and he will do a new thing in our lives if we're open to him, even a little. Zacchaeus was not expecting Jesus to notice him. These sycamore trees were huge, leafy trees, a perfect place to hide. But Jesus did notice him. And so Jesus has this conversation with Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Uh, That sounds pretty forward, doesn't it? I mean, how would you feel if after the service today... Someone came up to you and said, Hey, I'm coming to your place for lunch. Get ready. And I need a ride. You know, we're talking, exploring at court rate how we can be more hospitable, especially this year. And this sermon series is a part of that reflection, that discernment. But that's taking it a bit too far, I think. You would find that strange if someone came up to you and said that, said what Jesus says to Zacchaeus here. You might even be a little freaked out. That's not how hospitality works for us. But in that culture, by going to his house, Jesus was showing Zacchaeus that he was forgiven. He was welcoming him back into the community of the chosen and the faithful. That's what it means when he calls Zacchaeus a son of Abraham. In that culture, going to someone's house meant so much more than it means to us today, when it happens, which it often doesn't. It meant not only acceptance, but a complete embrace. 
Think of it this way. Jesus is basically saying to Zacchaeus, I love you. In his actions here, by noticing him, by engaging him, and then by imposing on him, by going to his house. And he does that at a cost. The crowd starts to turn against him, you notice. And he does that before there's any change in Zacchaeus' behavior. Every other religion in the world says, change, live the right way, and God will accept you. Even atheism tells you that it's up to you to make something of your life. It puts the burden on you. The Christian message reverses that. It says, God has already accepted you, and in the light of that invitation, change is possible in your life. And so Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Religion says something different. Religion points outward and says, do this, do that, and then you can be saved. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, says, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house today. It walked in. It came freely as a gift. Now, wait and see what happens. The name of Jesus literally means salvation. So when Jesus says salvation has come to your house today, he's really saying to Zacchaeus, it's me. I have come into your life, into your house, among your family, and it's going to make all the difference. But it's our nature, it seems, to think we have to do something. We have to earn it. To take that burden back on ourselves. And so we follow the crowd. We crave their approval. We want them to like us above all. And we look for significance in our achievements, in wealth, in relationships, in all the things of this world, and we end up disappointed. But Zacchaeus only had to welcome the Lord gladly. And the effect was immediate. Jesus goes home with him, and Zacchaeus begins to live his life differently. Zacchaeus shares his wealth, and he tries to put wrong, put right the wrongs he had done to people in the city of Jericho. Generosity and justice start to flow through him. His heart softens. He becomes a different person by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the presence of Jesus has this transforming effect on him, And on his household, he goes from being this man who was closed off from others, who was at a distance behind the walls of his villa, to being a person who has opened up to God and to his neighbors, to the people whom formerly he was at odds with, who he saw as competitors, as enemies. Jesus is open to Zacchaeus, and then Zacchaeus opens his home and his life to God. So here's a question for you this morning. How are you open to Jesus coming to your house today? Salvation comes to our homes as we receive the grace of Christ and as we practice that kind of hospitality in our turn. I want to share with you a little dream I have for our church in 2019. My dream, my prayer, 
is that we would start to say to one another more and more, you are coming to my house today. I don't mean that in the weird, freaking the other person out kind of way. But I long to see us more and more becoming the Christian community that Jesus wants us to be. That we would live that kind of life out at Courtright. Now I know there are people in this room right now who have never gone to the house of another person in our church community. Is it 10% of you? Is it 25%? I really hope it's not 50%. I'm sure it's not. Whatever the number is, we need it to come down, way down. Why? Because all of us have two houses. Think about this with me for a second. This building we call a house of worship. It's your house too. I hope you see it that way if you call Courtright your home church. We gather here Sunday by Sunday to worship God, to love and support each other, and to serve within the church and beyond it. A lot of our programs happen in this building. A lot of our community life takes place here. Later this morning, if you stick around, we're going to be hearing reports about some of the amazing things that God has been doing in our lives, in our community over the past year. And we'll be looking ahead to the future as well, making plans and voting on our budget for 2019. And that's all good. But of course, you have another home too, right? You're not going to sleep here tonight. At least I hope you're not, because you can't. Let me just say that right now. The other home you have is the house that you live in, the apartment you live in. And God wants to bless you in that place. He wants to give you and the people you may live with his peace. He wants to fill you up with his hope when you are tempted to despair. He wants to change you. He wants to heal the broken relationships in your life. And he wants you to know that you are forgiven, to let go of your anger and your bitterness, and to forgive the people in your life you need to forgive. And so to receive his grace and to extend grace to others, to be part of the healing that he so badly wants the city of Guelph and the whole world to experience. But for all that to happen, for you to be open to the bigger picture that God has prepared for you, you have to open your home to him. And one of the biggest ways we do that is by having people over, by sharing a meal with them, by getting to know them, by becoming friends in Christ. So my prayer and my dream for Courtright in 2019 and well beyond is that we will listen to the Holy Spirit, who I believe is calling us to greater joy and love and fellowship together, to greater commitment to one another, as we find a new way of being the church, not only in this house, this house of worship that is one of our houses, but also in the neighborhoods where we live, in the houses where we lay our heads at night. And not separately, but together in those neighborhoods, by breaking bread together in one another's homes and asking God to guide us in those places where we live 
where we know our neighbors, where we spend most of our time. That's where it starts. That's where we will seek and save the lost, like Jesus does. That's where justice and generosity will come, will roll out, will roll down. Will you open your house to Jesus today? Will you pray for an opportunity to be the guest of someone in their home? Will you travel with Jesus and with us together as a church community? on this journey of discipleship as we learn about God's great love for the city of Guelph and as we see where that leads us. I think it's going to lead us into some real change, into some real reconsideration of who we are as a church, how we practice church. I hope that you will join us on that journey. It's a life worth living, and it's an adventure you will never regret. Thanks be to God who notices us even when we are at a distance from him, who loves us and accepts us like no one else ever can, and who brings his grace and his peace into our lives, into our homes, now and forevermore. Amen.